some eggs last week, and in, in his mind, he thought, you know what, I'm going to just, I'm just going to toss one out. We'll keep it safe. Uh, you know, no sense having kids run up to the front. Well, in tossing it out, there was a particular dad who missed the catch and nailed a newborn. So, so that's, there's that. Um, hey, to, uh, to start this morning, guys, uh, we're going to go ahead and, and receive our tithes and offerings. Again, if you're a guest here, if this is your first time or, or uh, this isn't your, necessarily your home, uh, man, this is just something that we as a church do. We, uh, to be able to support and to, to reach out to lives here locally as well as around the world, it's an honor to be able to give back to, to what God's been doing in our own lives, to thank Him. And so this is just a, a part of our worship but if you'll bow your heads with me, let's close our eyes and, and thank God. Lord God, I thank you so much for all that you're doing in and through each and every one of us. Father, I pray that you would uh, use these finances, Lord God, in a mighty way, that people the world over would be touched, would be changed, that their hearts, Lord God, would come to see the true love that we have found, that we've experienced. Lord God, we thank you for all that you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, as they're doing that, just a, a couple more things I wanted to talk about. Uh, again, a huge, huge thanks to all the volunteers, to everybody that came out and made last week Easter Sunday happen over at Parish Junior High. Uh, I think one of the greatest compliments we got was um, how fluid it looked. Now, look, if, if you're here and you're saying it was not fluid at all for me, just don't shake your head at me right now. Let me keep basking in the fact that I thought it was. Um, I was told it, it, everything ran smoothly. Uh, the, the kids' department, it, I mean, it, it, you couldn't tell that we were there for the first time on that one day. I mean, it, it really looked like we belonged. Um, huge shout out to, to Paris Independent School District. Uh, they, you know, helping us out with being able to provide the location and, uh, and the services there. Um, we've got some great people here in the church that, uh, that work throughout that district. And man, we're, we're super honored to be able to, uh, to share uh, the, the love of God that we know w within, uh, within the confines of, of, of a school district. Um, so it was, a, it was a great rent out we were able to, to do, and, and so we're, we're beyond grateful. Um, prior to Easter, uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump into my message here. Prior to Easter, we were uh, in a series that, that I, I called Change Agent. And uh, in looking up the definition, I came across this. Uh, the change agent is someone who's been given the skill set, the ability, the tools. You're fully equipped, in other words. Everything that you could possibly need has already been given to you. Uh, along with full authority. In other words, whoever's in charge, the boss, whatever's going on, has already equipped you, given you complete authority to be able to walk into any situation and then to be able to promote and enable change to happen within that group or that organization. That is what, a, in the business world, that's what a change agent is. A, a, a boss will, will have a location where he's needing something implemented, and so he knows he's already trained up this individual, brought them up underneath him, and now in bringing them up, he then gives them the authority, I want you to go to, to X location, go into this division, and I, I want you to implement this change. I want you to work on my behalf and, and to, to oversee what I want done in this area. That is exactly who God says that we are. We're no longer defined by our mistakes, by our failures, by everything that led up to the very point where we said, God, I, will you forgive me? God, I, I give my life to you. At that very moment, Scripture tells us all things, everything in your life has become brand new. You're a new creation. There's something new. There's something different about you. And with a new creation comes a new purpose. No longer defined by the past, but now instead defined by who he says you are. You are a change agent. 
The problem for so many Christians is that we really don't know who we are in Christ. We, we, we say the prayer and, and we believe we have faith and, and, then, and then immediately the enemy starts reminding us of what we had done. The enemy, the enemy immediately starts reminding us of, uh, of our failures, our mistakes. And, and as we step out into life as a new believer, as a new creation, all of a sudden the enemy's sitting there telling you, man, really, who do you think you are? Have, have you seen yourself lately? You're a screw-up. You're a failure. You're a mistake. When you don't know who you are in Christ, you'd often, you, you're not able to, to step into everything that he has for you, all that he says that you can do. We're coming off of a, an amazing Easter service last week. I, I was humbled, proud just to be a part. So many people dedicating their life to Christ. Man, what a powerful testimony that each and every one of us get to play a part of somebody else's eternity. And look, if you're here this morning for the first time, man, let me be one to congratulate you on probably the best decision you can ever make in your life. Uh, it's, it's an honor to be able to consider you as part of the family. That's what Scripture says, that, that we are a family, that we're here for one another. And that's just it. As you look around the room, there may be people you recognize, people you don't. But, but I'm here to tell you, as, according to the body of Christ, what Scripture tells us is that you and I are here for each other. What a powerful testimony. But like I was saying, whether you, whether you dedicated your life to the, for the first time last week Easter or, or, or whether you've really just stepped into wanting to rededicate and wanting to follow hard after him or whether you've been a Christian for years, the enemy will come at you and continually remind you of your failures. You call yourself a Christian? Have you seen how big of a screw-up you are? Yeah, or, or how can, your pastor's talking about change agent, how can you really think that you're a change agent? Have, have you seen, you can't even handle the challenging schedule that you have. And really you think you're going to implement change in, in, in the world or in this life or even in your situation? How are you going to be a change agent when you can't overcome simple issues, simple addictions, simple problems, simple, simple things that anybody else can overcome? You can't, why do you think you're going to be able to, to be anybody for Christ? People here this morning battling with depression, and, and the enemy will come in here and sit there and say, really? Look, man, what? How do you think you're going to be able to implement change in anything when you can't even fix yourself? But I'm here to tell you this morning, I think that whatever it is that you're facing, whatever mountain, whatever obstacle, whatever issue it is that seems to continually trip you up, Scripture continually tells us this. And that's what it is. It's, it's falling back on Scripture as opposed to what the people around us, what ourselves say, or what, what we hear all the time. Instead, it's falling back on Scripture and realizing that with Christ, it says that we are His perfect workmanship. Scripture tells us that we're His masterpiece. I, I can't be a mistake if I'm his masterpiece. I, I can't be a failure if I'm his masterpiece. And that it also goes on to say that I'm hand-selected. I am his ambassador, his representation of love here on earth. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just a, a haphazard accident. I, I'm selected by God as his ambassador. It goes on and says as a change agent that, that you and I are salt and light. As salt and light, we're instruments of influence. We affect things happening all around us. So you can't listen to the world that says, man, you, you don't affect anything. God says you do. So right there, there's something else to hold on to, to grab to. You're salt and light. Today, what I want to do, uh, 
Today I want to look at a, a, a couple passages where God looks at us and says, you are an overcomer. An overcomer. Now I think this is, this is a, just being upfront honest with you, this was a message, I, I, I spoke this same message probably uh, eight months ago, I think it was. I was looking back through my notes and I came across this and I thought, man, I've, I've got to I've gotta do this one again. I, I, I think that there's something here that we need to grab a hold of. Because what happens again is, is as the enemy attacks, we start to notice in the flesh, in the physical, in, in, in the natural. As we walk through life, we notice every time we fail. We notice every time we fall. We notice every time we screw up. We notice, and it doesn't help that not only do we notice, but then the people around us sit there and, and give you the eye, the the evil eye. They give you the look. And you know they know, but they're not saying anything, so you're sitting there, and all that does is just compound the issue in your mind. But according to Scripture, if we look through Scripture, what Christ says that we are is that we are an overcomer. Christ says we're an overcomer. And again, because when you know who he says you are, you'll know what all it is that you can do. So we've got to be able to grab a hold of just this simple mindset of, I'm an overcomer. Look with me, if you will, in, in Romans 8, verse 31, starting in verse 31. Paul is talking, and he says this. He asks a question. He comes up, and he says, if God is for us, if God so loved the world, so loved you, that he gave his only begotten son, that none should perish, but that all should have everlasting life. If God is for us, then who can be against us? See, we get so caught up in, in what's coming against us that we forget who's for us. If God is for us, then it doesn't matter what comes against us. Because greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Greater, and with my God, I can do all things. All things are possible. So if God is for us, who can be against us? And then diving right back into the message we shared last week over Easter, he said, he who did not spare his own son so loved the world, he gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with what he did with Christ, along with having given up his one and only begotten son, how will he not graciously give us all things? It's almost as if he's too far in, he's pot committed, if you will. But that's just it. God believes in you so much that, that he's willing to go the extra mile, go the extra distance. He loves you. He wants to restore the relationship. He wants to restore the relationship that at the very beginning of time he had walking the garden with Adam and Eve. Sin created this barrier, created this, this mindset, and it's that mindset that keeps on coming back and reminding us, man, you failed. You screwed up. And God's saying, no, 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 because of my son, that's no longer the case. Because of what Christ did on Calvary's cross, you were no longer defined by that mistake, but instead... You're an overcomer. Paul continues on in verse 35, and he lists a, a number of different ob obstacles. And I think each and every one of us, in one way or another, in life, we face so many different obstacles. Paul puts it this way. He says, what shall separate us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Is there anything that can separate us from, the, from God's love? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger or sword? Look, there's people here this morning that are facing many different types of trials, of tribulation, trouble, hardship. Shall those troubles, shall those hardships separate you from the love of God? No. What about persecution? Shall persecution separate you from the love of Christ? 
famine, nakedness. This, these things can represent financial hardships you're battling. He goes on to say, shall, shall danger or sword, can these things separate you from the love of God? The physical hardships, the hurts that we go through in life. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall any of these mountains, shall any of these obstacles hinder us or keep us from his love? And in verse 37, they just adamantly, he, stand, he shouts out, no, there's nothing, none of these things, none of these hindrances, none of these mountains, none of the obstacles that you face in life can hinder you from the love of God. Because in all of these things, in every obstacle you face, in every mountain you come across, in everything that keeps seemingly to trip you up, that keeps seemingly creating in you a failure, no, in all of those things, we are more than conquerors. Not in our own power. Not because I've got the strength or I've got the ability or because I did enough of this or that or whatever. No, not in, the, not in my own power, but through Christ who loved us. Because of what Christ did on Calvary's cross, because of, because of that Easter moment, because of the resurrection, we celebrate that we now have the conquering spirit inside of our lives. I am more than a conqueror. Not in your own strength. Not in your own power, but through the power of the risen Christ. I'm here to tell you this morning, look, those of you that are here, they, that have professed Christ with your mouth, that believe in your heart, if you're a Christian, you're more than a conqueror. You're not defined by how many times you fall down. You're not defined by how many times you've fallen down, but by his word, which says, rise up. You're no longer defined by the times that you've fallen. You're now defined by his word, which says, rise up. Oh, but Corey, I, even, since I, even since I confessed, even since I believed, I've fallen, I've messed up. Yeah, but God says, rise up. Come unto me, all you who are weak, who are weary, who are heavy. Rise up. Rise up. The Greek word translated in the scripture is conqueror. I love the fact when you read, when you read this passage, it, it doesn't mean that, that we just kind of inch by, we squeak by with a marginal victory. Like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win, I'm going to get the W, it, it comes after a couple, you know, overtimes, and, and it was a last minute, you know, little buzzer beater that just happened to happen, squeaked it by, but we got the W, so, so we're good. That's not what it says, that word translated as conqueror means literally to completely vanquish beyond recognition. I mean, this is like a, a first inning blowout. This is a round one knockout. This is, this is a complete annihilation. It's cocky. It's powerful. It's, it's a knock in the face. It says, man, I want you to realize you've been given the decisive victory. Decisive victory is what it translates. Where God completely destroys the opposition. See, that's what Christ is saying about you. That's who you are. And we continually focus on the natural. We continually focus on, well, I guess I'm going to make it by today. <laughs> Eeyore with our, our tail dragging behind our legs. It's a great day. God's saying, no, that's not the case. You are more than a conqueror. Now, Hear me, I'm gonna, you know, when God's saying you're more than a conqueror, you're never going to have a hard time in life, right? You can't be more than a conqueror if you've never had a hard time. In, in John 16, Jesus is saying, he says, in this world you will have trouble. 
in this world, there will be things that come against you. There will be opposition. There will be moments of trial, of tribulation, of heartache, of hurt. All these things, there will be these times. But you see, it doesn't end there. You see, we, we like to focus on just the beginning. We like to focus on just the front. You know, in this world, you will have trouble. Oh, um. But look, he continues on. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but, but take heart. Don't lose faith. Stand strong. Rise up, for I have overcome the world. Every instance, everything that you face, every problem that you come against, don't, don't worry about it because I've already overcome. And when Christ is in you, you too overcome. Scripture tells us that through the power of the risen Christ that we're spirit-filled overcomers. We have to rise up. We have to stand on it. We have to believe in it. Jesus shed his blood, and through the power of the blood, Scripture says our sins are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. Everything that has messed us up, everything that, is, that we look back at and realize or look at upon as a, a failure, God says, forgiven, washed, clean, because of the blood of Christ. Scripture says that we have access to the throne room of God. What that means is a change agent, fully equipped, given full authority by the power of God, by his spirit. The power of blood, the blood says that we're redeemed from an empty life. Because of what Jesus did with his blood, you're an overcomer. Rise up. There's a, a passage in, in Revelations 12. And in Revelations 12, it's talking uh, it's talking about a body of believers and through the body of believers that they have this power to overcome. And it, it tells us how. It, it says that there's an accuser and that this accuser comes and the accuser constantly tries to, tries to hinder you, tries to mess you up, tries to make you fall. But I love the passage. It says, for the accuser of our brothers, our sisters, has been thrown down to earth. The accuser, the very one who wants to see you defeated, has already been thrown and we as believers can stand because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by our testimony. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. That, when you said, Father God, I need you in my life, you confess with your heart, you believe in your, you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart. When you do that at that very moment, by the blood of the Lamb, your sins are forgiven. And now you have the power of your testimony. Nobody can take your testimony. That's who you are. An overcomer by the blood of the Lamb, not by your own strength and by your testimony. Look, 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 you, you, you got to believe this. You got to internalize it. You got to grab a hold of it. And, and, and here's the thing this isn't something that you're going to become. One day in Christ, I'm going to be a better person. One day, because of God, you know, I'm, I'm going to get to heaven and I'm going to have angel wings and I'm going to be a flutter around with my little harp. And, One day, when I get my life straightened out, then, then I'll be a better representation of him. One day, when, 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 I, when I get this act together, when I, when I start doing this properly, one day, when, once, once I've stopped this other thing, then, no, look, according to the word of God, positionally, right now, this is who you are. Right now, this is who God says you are. Rise up and stand on it. The story of David. David and Goliath, there's a giant, I think, in our lives sometimes that, that nobody thinks you can defeat. There's a whole army of people laughing at you. And sometimes I think we too, we look in the mirror, we look at, we look at the situation, and, and we look at ourselves, and, and we think, man, how? how? I, I, 
I can't defeat this. I can't beat this. I can't go on. But with the power of the risen Christ, you see, it's not, not by my power, not by my strength. Not by my ability, not by, not by anything that I've said or done right or anything that I'm not doing wrong. No, 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 solely because of the blood of Christ, I can stand and face the giant, rise up. Because when you know who he says you are, you'll know what all it is that you can do. And you need to believe who God says you are. Now, looking at this passage, when, when the enemy is always trying to remind you of your failures... Every day, when not just the enemy, but even through people you love, even through, through your own mouth, looking in the mirror, when, when you're constantly being reminded of all your failures, how do you stand upon the word of God? How do you rise up and believe, stand on the fact that you're an overcomer, a change agent, something different than what you were? Guys, you start with faith. They have overcome by the blood of the lamb. At that very moment, Scripture tells us our sin was taken from us, removed as far as the east is from the west, that Christ himself chooses to completely not remember, to forget every sin that you held against yourself, that you would have been judged for by the blood of the Lamb, believing in your mind what he says about you as opposed to what the world, yourself, or anybody else says about you. Because tragically, I think in life, too many people come in with this, uh, this faithless, wishy-washy mindset it's an it's an eeyore christian and we lose the battle in our minds before we ever even begin the fight you got to have faith in the power of the blood faith in what christ says about you as opposed to what you feel about yourself it's not about our emotions our feelings it's about the word of god you stand strong knowing who you are that you're more than a conqueror but i but I don't, I don't feel like it. But I don't, I don't feel like it, Corey. I'll tell a lot of people, they, they'll walk in, and I think a lot of times we don't, we don't see this necessarily in life so much as it's easy to, to kind of back out. In, in worship, worship is a great example. People will walk in and say, man, I just I don't feel like it this morning. I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel like rejoicing. I feel down. I feel hurt. I don't feel like standing up and giving God glory. But it's, it's not based on what I feel. And see, when you come in and you make a conscious decision to, to continue to worship, even though you don't feel like it, it's still acknowledging Christ and what he's doing, even though you don't see it in the natural. It's standing up and saying, my God, I don't feel like it, but I'm still going to praise. And what happens is faith-filled attitudes always lead to faith-filled actions. Well, Corey, I'm just going to be a hypocrite if I, if I stand in here and I raise my hands, if I start praising and worshiping and, and singing a song when I really don't feel like it. No, because your feelings aren't the who define you. God is who defines you. God has already said that you're an overcomer. So even though you may not be walking in the overcoming says you're an overcomer so i can look at him and say god i feel completely laid out spread out i feel the weight of the world upon me but i'm still going to look to you and say thank you lord that even in this situation that i don't see the outcome yet i'm an overcomer the battle starts in the mind because godly beliefs always lead to godly behavior godly behavior doesn't necessarily lead to godly beliefs 
In fact, it can trip you up quick. Oh, look, look at how good I am. Look what I can do here. And the whole while, God's saying, where's the relationship? Faith-filled actions come through faith-filled attitudes. The battle starts in the mind. You can't walk around all the time saying, man, I'm a, I'm a victim. This is the world. This is my lot in life. This is how things are for me. This is the way things have always been in my life. Nothing ever goes right. Our marriage never going to get married. There's no single girls, single men here that that this is just miserable. I'm always going to be overweight. I'm always going to be held down by this addiction. I'm always going to be in this situation. I'm always going to be this person. I'm always going to be. Or one I hear a lot is, I'm I'm never going to be able to forgive. All that is is victim talk. But if we recognize who Christ says we are, then you're not a victim. You're not a victim. You're more than a conqueror. Look, as Christians, as believers, as followers of Christ, you are no longer a victim. Through Christ, you're a victor. You don't always take that negative, defeated mindset because you know who you are in Christ. And because of that, you can completely demolish, annihilate, vanquish the enemy. And look, when negative thoughts come in, there's the scripture in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, starts out and it says, we demolish arguments, we demolish every speculation. All the people that sit there and try and wind it up, every time you look in the mirror and sit there and, and try and degrade yourself, what we do is we demolish, annihilate, we overcome every argument, every speculation, anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, who his word says that you are, that's what you stand on. And anything that comes against it, you annihilate it, you take captive every thought, and you make it obedient to Christ. Whenever your mind says, ah, I just can't, I can't do it, immediately scripture pops in and you say, no, by the power of the word of God, by the blood of the lamb, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things. You're never going to be able to do this. You can't start a new business. You can't, you can't go out there and be successful. You can't run for this or that. You can't be, no, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Scripture. Well, man, this, this situation is just impossible. I guess all, we've tried everything. All we have left to do is pray now. Have you ever thought about that line? I mean, the maker, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who who breathed, spoke life into existence, is looking at your situation as if he's some sort of uh, electronic, you know, uh, a telemarketer, prompt help guy. You you call in and, uh, well, my my life, it it seems to be screwed up. It's not working again. Oh, on the other phone, you can see they take it away. Oh, another one. Dang it. um, well, have you, have, you tried, have you tried every other step? I mean, have you, have you plugged the power back in? Have you, have you tried reading the manual? Um, I mean, come on, guys. 
I mean, I really do think sometimes God might very well say, really, maybe you should try plugging back in. Maybe you should try reading the manual. Maybe you should look at what's going on because your life is not a failure. Your life is going exactly as I'm planning it. And look, there's purpose. Even in the middle of hurt, there's purpose. Even in the middle of struggle, there's purpose. And I'm going to take you through this. I'm going to walk you through it. And on the other side, you're going to realize this whole time you're an overcomer. But I need you to stand in faith right now and believe. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Scripture even goes on and says that if I have the faith of, of nothing more than a mustard seed, and that if there's any obstacle in my way, I can speak to that mountain, speak to that obstacle, I can say be removed, and Scripture says it's thrown to the sea. <laughs> you grab every thought that is not consistent with God's word and you make it obedient to Christ. Therefore, because I am an overcomer, because I can stand on the word of God, I'm not going to let what anybody says about me, nor am I going to let what anybody thinks about me, what anybody did to me, what anything that happened to me, or even what I say about myself, stop me from doing what God has called me to do, because I'm an overcomer. Not in my own strength. Not because I'm good enough. Not because I got life figured out and working it right, but because God, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. I love that. The word of my testimony. Look, you've got to know this. What I'm doing today is solely a result of overcoming obstacles that got in the way. Each and every one of us have, have a story to tell. Mine, as far as Paris, Texas goes, starts off with, really, you're going to northeast Texas? I heard they film moonshiners just like right north of you. I heard that the whole Yeti thing is like right there around you, right? I mean, these are the stories. You really, you're going to Northeast Texas. Hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> Believe in God for something different. Believe in God for something more. Overcoming the obstacles, the people that were looking to say no. And then coming in and, and starting out with, with this church, with this building, and, and looking, believing. Me and my wife sitting there going home and talking, I believe that God is, is wanting to grow, wanting to create something new. You know, maybe, maybe, just maybe, we could, if we could just have the faith, if we could just believe for even, even five more acres around us. And people immediately, I'd bring up the idea, man, I wonder if we could like purchase five acres. People would laugh at me and say, man... Like, the people that own the land around you don't sell. You, you're, not, you're not growing anywhere. You might be able to, you know, like, knock out a little wall here and maybe add a little addition, but you're not going to, you can't, there's, you can't grow from where you're at. And all of a sudden, to receive a phone call that says, hey, I, I, I've got 50 acres that encompasses you on three sides. Would you like it? <coughs> I needed five, 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 God, five. And then from there, well, what are you going to do with 50 acres? Really? What, you're going to sit there and you're just going to hold on to 50 acres? Like, what, what do you got? So with the land that you now have, now you have a total of 54, 55 acres. And, and what, what, what are you going to do? I don't know. I'll plant a garden. <laughs> I, we'll see. I don't know. Every step along the way, obstacles, obstacles, obstacles. And my wife and I going home at night and, and, and tracing out. I, I, keep the, I keep these little pieces of paper in my office where, where little diagrams of what we thought we might like to build a church one day, how we'd like it to look. And, and man, I look back at those sheets of paper and I'm just totally, 
totally blown away realizing the obstacle that God, I mean, we're overcomers. Something so much greater than even you and I can believe. I, I looked initially at, at one little building that was going to be able to have a, a you know, little church in and then from there be able to build this other little building where we could have Sunday school in and we'd have to not have Sunday school for a while because we couldn't afford to, to do the one building and the second building. We'd have to do the first and then the second and, and then after the second, maybe we could have this other third little building and the whole thing discombobulated, disjointed and now, man, I, I see it what, what God had planned the whole time. God's saying, man, just watch what I'm going to do. Watch what I'm going to do because through you, the people that you live among are going to be able to, to see and hear about the love of God. Why? Because you stand on faith as an overcomer. In Psalm 128, excuse me, Psalm 18. In Psalm 18, verse 29, David is writing. And, and I love this. This is coming right off of, uh, we're talking about David who, who, <laughs> who faced, faced down the giant. And nothing more than faith, nothing more than the word of his testimony, nothing more than, than man, hey, look, I, I've killed a lion and a bear before, and, and, I, and I believe that with God with me, I can do it. And he says this, my God lights up my darkness. Every moment that I have that, that seems like a failure, every moment I have where I've fallen to the ground and I can't see, those, those moments where it seems like my world is shaking and, and I can't even feel anything right in front of me, when everything else is dark, I know that my God will light up the darkness. He goes on, he says, in his strength, I can crush any army. Not make it by with multiple casualties and, you know, inch through. <laughs> I can crush any army. With my God, I can scale any wall. Look at that. There's, there's Avengers and Game of Thrones all wrapped up into one sentence. <laughs> Spider-Man's got nothing on me. Look, guys, come on. Grab a hold of what God is doing. With God, there's no wall that's going to stop me from doing all that God wants to do. you got to believe it. You're no longer a victim. With Christ, you're an overcomer. You have the power to overcome all the temptations, every hurdle, every hindrance that tries to trip you up or this world tries to throw at you. But you've got to rise up. So we overcome by faith, by our testimonies. As a change agent, we have been equipped with every tool that you could ever need. As a change agent, you've been given everything you need. We're not limited just to, to, to simple, simple weapons that we recognize within the world. 2 Corinthians 10, in verses 3 and 4, right before the other one that we read, says this, For though we live in this world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, the weapons that we have already been given, the weapons that we have already been completely utilized, given to, and given you the knowledge on how to use, have divine power to demolish strongholds. Divine power to demolish strongholds. Look, if you're a Christian, you need to know who you are and what you have. You fight with supernatural we weapons. Ephesians 6, 6 excuse me, talks about the, the armor of God, the full armor of God, something that you've already been given. It talks first about, about the helmet of salvation, that very moment that you said, God, I, I believe, I trust in you, I give you my life. At that moment, it says you're equipped with the helmet of salvation. Salvation now covers you, which what? It helps against those thoughts, those things that try and come against you, that try and fight against you, that try and come against what the word of God says you are. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate 
of righteousness. No, 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 no. I'm no longer defined by my past. I'm the righteousness of Christ. I'm no longer a failure, a, 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 a somebody who, who sins all the time and, but has confessed Jesus. No, no, no. I am the righteousness of Christ. I'm a saint who sins more than I should. Not a sinner who is trying to make it by the grace of God. That's not what the grace of God is. Breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. My faith, my faith helps me to stand strong, to believe, to, to block every attack of the evil one. The belt of truth, holding it all together, the truth of the word of God. My feet prepared with the gospel, the readiness of peace. And then it says you fight. You fight with the sword of the spirit, the living, breathing, active word of God. I grab a hold of that word and I use that as my weapon. I use that to know, no, I'm not a failure. You take the sword, the word of God, and when your enemy comes, you say, I'm not a mistake. I'm going to rise up because God has a plan and a purpose for me from before time even began. I'm his masterpiece. I'm not useless. I'm an ambassador. I'm God's chosen instrument. I'm God's chosen person for this moment, for this time. I'm no longer a failure. I'm a change agent. I'm salt. I'm light. I'm to be used to influence people, to make changes, not just even locally. I would say changes in nations. I'm not defined by my mistakes or my failures. I'm an overcomer. Rise up. By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of my testimony. I can do all things through His strength. And you vanquish the enemy. As the band comes up, as I close this morning, church. There's going to be people around you, yourself included, that are going to look at your situation and call it dead. They're going to look at your life, they're going to look at what you're going through, and they're going to say, you can't make it, you can't do it, but I'm telling you, it's time to rise up, it's time to fight, it's time to stand strong. With supernatural weapons, we fight. With supernatural weapons, we rise up like a man of God, like a woman of God, and we stand strong. We, we go down on our knees and we say, God, with you, I can do all things. I know I can because, God, I believe in you. And you fight. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 and 9, I love this scripture. It says this, we, you and I, we have this. We have this treasure. The gift of God that is everlasting life, an abundant life, a, a hopeful life. We have this treasure given to us in jars of clay. That's our lives, our body's representation of this jar, this vessel, and this gift that's been poured out into this jar. That's now what we're filled with, what we're, what we're full of. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show, not just to hold on to a golden ticket, but to, for purpose, to show that this all-surpassing, miraculous power, the very thing, the very spirit that raised Christ from the dead, now alive and well in me, this miraculous power is from God. Not from, not from anything I've done, not from us. Yes, life is hard. We're, we're hard-pressed on every side, but we're never crushed. We're perplexed, but never in despair. We're persecuted. They're coming to me. They're going to come against me, but, but I'm never abandoned. And I may be struck down, but I'll never, I'm never destroyed because of the power of the blood of Christ. Rise up because you're an overcomer. 
by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of your testimony. We have the power of Christ in our lives. And, and guys, man, I, I can't beg you enough. I can't plead with you enough to, to grab a hold of a simple message that says, you are an overcomer. Rise up. It's possible to overcome your unforgiveness. To forgive the people that hurt you, that did you wrong. From whatever situation, whether it was a marriage relationship, whether it was even a, a pastoral relationship or, or just a friend, whatever, man. I, through the power of Christ, you can forgive. Your addictions, your, your issues that keep seeming to rise up, that keep seeming to trip you up, I'm telling you, through the power of the blood of Christ, you can overcome. Addiction has no authority on your life. The betrayal the hurt, the pain. I'm telling you here this morning, you can have a great marriage again. You're not a failure. The job situation that you're in, you can overcome a dead-end job. You can, you can rise up again. God can elevate you. God can promote you in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. The moral mistakes, the failures, the, 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 things, the things that we've messed up, that we've tripped up, that we know we shouldn't have done and yet we still did. Those things, those mistakes. God says, look, I can restore. You can have a ministry again. You can have life everlasting. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Another passage in 1 John, 1 John 4, 4 says this, you, you dear children, each and every one of you are from God. Not a mistake, not an accident, but from God. And you, in the situation you're in right now, have overcome. You've overcome the evil in this world, the obstacles in this world. Why? Not, not because of your own strength, not because you, you did it right or you did this or that or whatever. No, 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 solely because the one who is in you because Christ, the vessel that you are, and, and the gift, the treasure that you've been given, Christ, who is in you, is greater than the one who is in the world. Than any obstacle you face, than any problem that comes up. No more the victim, no more I can't, no more. <laughs> I'm a victor through Christ. Rise up. You're an overcomer. And when you know who he says you are, you'll know what all it is that you can do. But you got to rise up. You're an overcomer. As I close, as I pray, do that with me right now. If y'all stand, let's rise up together, church. We rise up, Lord God, this morning. We stand upon the word of God. We thank you, Father, for, for the grace and the love, the example that you gave to each and every one of us. And we pray, too, Lord God, that we would be that same example, Lord God, that even though we fall, even though in this world we will have trouble, Lord God, we know through it all you are there, Lord Jesus. To restore, to reconcile, to bring back up, to help us to rise up. To walk, Lord God, as, as the overcomer that you see. As I continue to pray, I think there's many in this room here this morning that would say, the, the, there's, there's an obstacle, a wall, a situation, an addiction, a relationship, a challenge, a hurdle. And, and there's something, whatever it is, that's blocking you, overwhelming you. And, and it feels like, it seems like too much. And today, I, I know that there's people that want to ask God to help them to rise up, to stand up, to be an overcomer. You can, and I'm here to tell you, you will. It doesn't mean you won't have trouble, but it means that you will overcome.
If you're here this morning and you're saying, man, I, I, I do, I'm, I'm facing that obstacle and I just need some prayer. I need some guidance. I need, I need Christ to help me through this. If you'd lift your hand, I want to pray for you wherever you're at. Awesome. Across the room, over here, throughout, over here, awesome. Back here, great. Over here, awesome. Across the room. Thank you, Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you. I thank you, Father, that your word is living, it's active, that your word, Lord God, my weapon is sharper than a two-edged sword. And I pray, Father, that your people would stand, would fight, would rise up with a, with a faith-filled attitude, Lord God. That they would realize that in you they're more than conquerors. They're not defined by the times that they've fallen, Lord God, but instead by the times they've risen up. That they're more than conquerors. Lord God, they're not poised for failure with a victim mindset, Lord God, but instead they're, they're positioned to a strength with, with your spirit alive and well, a faith-filled, directed, overcoming attitude, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord, that right now, in each and every situation, you are here. Whatever the situation is, Lord God, across the room, we know that you're here in the midst of our lives, leading us, guiding us, directing us. And so, Father, I pray as well that as they fight, as they rise up, as they fight, as they stand on the word, that they're an overcomer, that as well, as your word says, that, that you would give them a peace, a peace that goes beyond understanding, that even in the middle of the hurt, even in the middle of the pain, even in the middle of all of this, Lord God, they can rest assured that your word is true. The same yesterday, today, and forever. God, give us the victory over anything that opposes and Lord God, when you do, that we would as well return all the glory, adding to our testimony. God, I thank you for all that you're doing. In and through your people, it's in the name of your son that we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, y'all have a wonderful week. Make sure y'all come out for Worship Wednesday this Wednesday night. God bless you all, overcomers.